This is the Mark Milton Show with a Smash with former Department of Justice Tax Division trial attorney Mark Milton and the Smash on 590 The Fan and 590TheFan.com. I should have been a cowboy. I should have learned to roll and ride. Wearing my six shooter, riding my pony on a cat and drive. Yeehaw, Smash. This is the Mark Milton Show with the Smash broadcasting from the Miller Furniture Studios and presented by stltaxlayer.com. Smash, how you doing today? My new Facebook friend, he finally accepted my friendship request after several months of <laughs> me waiting anxiously for that approval. I mean, you just must be too popular, huh? Uh, I got like five sites and they all got 5,000 people on. And you couldn't this. find one person that you could purge for me? I, I know all these people. Broadcast in partner? In a, in, a, in a way? In mean, a way. You go through your feed today. Don't aren't there like ten people a day you want to just get rid of? Because that's how I feel at this point. Well, you know, to me, every person is a being, and in being a except being, for me, who you let, let linger <laughs> for several months. <laughs> but we are now together on Facebook, and we're able to indeed, uh, shall we say, have each other's back. And I mean, I had notifications popping up left and right. Smash is yeah. liking all my stuff. I'm like, yeah. man, I have arrived. I'm not only friends with the guy, but he's actually yeah. liking all my posts. Let me say, I do like that backyard that you got right now. Mm -hmm. And who put that in there? That's TRC Outdoor. That was TRC. Program sponsor. That's right. That is something beautiful. It's, it's more than just like a, a backyard patio-esque type of area. It's, it's like a work of art. It's really. a showpiece. Yeah. It really is. We've really enjoyed it. TRCoutdoor.com. You can yeah. check them out. They can help you with all your outdoor landscaping, hardscaping needs. They've taken really good care of me mm -hmm. and my family, and we've really, uh, really enjoyed it. It's really Boy, I tell you what, it is something. And if somebody goes to uh, Mark Milton, the Mark Milton show, they can see that. Is that on there? Uh, I think it's on my Facebook page. Yeah, I'll make so sure. I'll make sure to post that. You uh, should because and, and that is a beautiful thing. Give a shout out to our great sponsor, TRC yep. Outdoor. Well, today uh, it's a big, big show. Uh, we got a lot to talk about. Uh, you know, this week um, uh, we had the passing of uh, legendary Supreme Court Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg, who is a hero to many. Um, not only, I mean, I think she's an American icon, American hero for what she's done, uh, for women's rights, um, her role in the court, uh, uh you know, obviously I don't agree with her philosophically on, on right. many things, but I respect, um, her career, her, her legacy, and certainly, um, somebody who stands for, you know, what she believes in and she's yeah. done that, did that throughout her career. And I also have a lot of admiration for the relationship. You know, I was talking to Dave before the show, just her relationship with Antonin Scalia, you know, obviously right. polar opposites when it comes to politics, but the fact that they were still able to maintain a, a lifelong friendship, um, you know, is is pretty incredible and something that I think we're lacking a lot. Uh, well, sort of uh, like me and you. You could say that. Yeah, yes. yeah. I know. am Anton Scalia <laughs> and you are Ruth Bader Ginsburg. <laughs> yeah, something like that. <laughs> I thought we would have uh, Professor Anders Walker, St. Louis University School of Law, Constitutional Law, co Criminal Law, and American Legal History mm -hmm. Professor, join us today, and we're so grateful for having him. Professor Walker, welcome back to the program. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So you you heard our uh, brief uh, discussion there about her, kind of what I view as uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg's legacy. W what do you think her lasting legacy will be, you know, not only as a Supreme Court justice, but as a legal, legal scholar? So Ginsburg will be remembered for her work on gender. She is really responsible for... Uh, making gender a protected class so that women get special consideration um, when it comes to addressing inequality. The interesting question will be, 
will Ginsburg's legacy survive now that we appear to be dismantling the notion of gender? Mm. Good point. Well, it's interesting you say that because I kind of viewed it as she was she really advocated for sort of ignoring gender, right, or making everything gender neutral. Or do you disagree with that? Because I, I, I and, and the key case I find the most interesting is this Moritz versus the IRS, which interestingly yeah. enough was a tax case. Right. You know, being the STL tax lawyer, I yep. found that interesting that she, uh, her husband, which I want to talk about in a little bit. Um, you know, he was a famous tax lawyer. He he really was right. viewed as one of the best tax lawyers in New York City yep. before they moved to D.C. for her to take the bench. And that case dealt with a tax deduction that was only available to women or formerly married men, and they represented an individual who had not been married and was challenging uh, his right to take this deduction. And basically they were saying that, you know, the law, you know, singling out men or women is unconstitutional. Is that sort of the gist of that case and kind of one of the— first cases that made her famous? Yeah, so Ginsburg was able to get gender intermediate scrutiny. And in any case where gender leads to a negative stereotype of women, then it gets struck down. However, she also was able to get any differential treatment based on gender that compensates women for past discrimination. That's constitutional. She won that fight Mm. Uh, on gender, she lost it on race. You can't have affirmative action for past discrimination generally on race, but you can on gender, and that's one of her big legacies. What will happen, though, if we don't recognize gender anymore? Good point. Hey, uh, Anders, can I call you Anders? Yeah. Because <laughs> back when I was at college in Indiana University, all the professors, they said, hey, just call me by my first name. It made all the hippies feel like we were of one union, <laughs> shall we say. So, Anders... What do you think as far as when you see somebody like Ginsburg and they've lasted this long at that particular gig, do you see that maybe in the future we might need term limits on the, uh, on the SCOTUS uh, position? Well, I think Ginsburg herself probably regretted hanging on so long. Yeah. She should have probably stepped down the first day of Obama's second term. That would have given him plenty of time to replace her with a young Good point. Um, justice. And she just hung on too long. And yeah. so I think, I mean, how many 80-year-olds do we have running the country right now? Well, two. So maybe. Well, we might have one with Joe Biden pretty soon. <laughs> exactly. Which, yeah, to your point, Biden, though, I mean, I think Ginsburg was still sharp, you know, mentally. Like I don't, it, yeah. I don't know that there was any yeah. d- deficiency there. But, yeah, I mean, any time— Ultimately, it is a political appointment and something that, I mean, I think Kennedy stepped down. You know, he was still relatively young, and he decided, you know, I'm going to step down and and allow Trump, you know, ample time to pick my replacement. Um, And she could have done the same and obviously chose not to. Um, And so now we're— This is is a disaster (laughs) for the Democrat Party. Really? Well, I I mean, yeah, I I feel like it's a disaster for our country in some ways. I'm nervous about how this is all— going to play out um you we're, think they're going to get a, a a new supreme court judge within the next yes two months the republicans have, have i surprisingly honestly like i i thought maybe initially i i was texting with some people and i said i think trump strategically should say he's going to wait mm-hmm. right because it does mm-hmm. two things it could rally his base 
rally conservatives who Good might point. be never Trumpers to want to come out and vote. Yeah. And also, I think people in the middle might be offended by trying to rush, you know, rush a nominee through. And also, keep in mind, Mitch McConnell's up for re-election. Lindsey Graham's up for re-election. Yeah. Um, and so they have political heat coming at them because they're really being hypocrites at this point yeah. by not putting, you know, by by forcing through a, a nominee. Now they have every right to do it. Right. It's a political thing. It's not a legal matter. They absolutely have the right to do what they're planning to do. Um, Professor Walker, can you talk about, you know, what's going on right now? I mean, do, do I, am I right? I mean, they absolutely have the right to do it. And it's, it's really a political issue is whether they should or not. Yeah. I think the math that they have to do is if they push the justice through now, will the Republicans lose the Senate? If the Republicans lose the Senate, the White House, and the House, Democrats are going to run the table for the next four years. Yeah. Now, it may, be, it may be true that if they push a justice through, that's going to rally more Republican voters, and they may get some, some moderates coming out who are excited about this, but that's what McConnell and Graham have got to figure out. If they lose the Senate and Biden wins, then there's going to be some problems for the Republican Party. But you think they can get it through before the election? Oh, yeah. I think they can get it really? through, and I think they've got the votes. Uh, and, you know, it's a, it's a kind of an interesting issue because let's say Biden wins and they lose the Senate and they don't put a Republican justice on now, then they're going to go down in history as having missed their chance. Uh, absolutely. No, I, I, I agree with that. I mean, I think it's almost too important not to try regardless of the political fallout yeah. because it really will have – a generational impact to have, you know, theoretically six, six Republican conservative appointees on the court. Um, so I want to talk history. I mean, you know, there's a lot of talk historically about, you know, is, is there precedent for what they're doing or what they haven't done? I mean, historically, I mean, presidents have generally had the ability to appoint Supreme Court nominees. And as long as they were qualified, typically they got bipartisan support. And that's really changed in the last decade or so uh, what can you say about you know the the not only the appointment process but the whole advice and consent of the senate what is, what is that role historically and how has it changed well the appointment of federal judges has always been very politicized going all the way back to marbury versus madison one of the first big supreme court cases where james madison refused to commission federalist judges why he was an anti-federalist and it was a political food fight same thing today. It's always been a political food fight. And I think it's a question of, will the Republicans risk losing the Senate and the White House if they put a justice on, or will they risk losing the Senate and the White House if they don't put a justice on? And it's always been a bit of a power play. It's, there's never really been a moment where we have come together and said, oh, we'll just give the other party a pass for the, the heck of it. But it used to they, get unanimous approval sometimes. Like saying, I think Sandra Day O'Connor was unanimously av approved by the Senate, yeah. and I mean that seems unthinkable at this point. Yeah, even Ginsburg had wide, kind of overwhelming bipartisan support. Yeah, and I think we have one d divisive issue right now, and that's Roe versus Wade, and that's kind of splitting the the the, the votes on this. But what we've seen is Roberts, Gorsuch, Alito, Kavanaugh are taking an incrementalist approach. They've already struck down some restrictions on abortion. 
it looks like they're not going to overturn Roe versus Wade. Even if they had Amy Coney Barrett, she alone's not going to be able to do it. So here's what's going to happen. Amy Coney Barrett gets on the court. Roberts, Gorsuch, and Kavanaugh are going to quickly move even more to the middle because they're going to be worried about the legitimacy of the institution. They don't want the court to be packed. They don't want more justices because that's going to undermine their influence. Mm, good point. So we're going to suddenly see, and Gorsuch already has turned out to be a swing voter. I mean, the, the, the Bostock opinion where he said LGBT plaintiffs were covered under the 64 Civil Rights Act, no one expected that. That was a pretty liberal reading. And I think he's going to move to the middle. Kavanaugh, Roberts will too. And then Barrett will be out on the right with Thomas. And then maybe Sotomayor can make some deals with the the moderates. Well, so let's talk about this court packing idea because you've you've heard in the last week or so Democrats advocating for this. What's the authority for them to be able to add justices to the Supreme Court and is there a cap on the number of justices under a constitution? No. So the number of the court has changed. It was reduced uh during the Andrew, the Johnson administration after the Civil War to 6, then it went back to 9. Congress can change the number of justices, and a lot of people are vested in the idea we have nine justices. It's a tradition, and I think a lot of people have a hard time imagining a bigger court. But think about it this way. We have the same number of justices now as we did in the late 18th century. Think how much bigger the United States is now. We have 33 million people. The caseload that the court takes on or should be taking on is huge. What we have is we have nine justices who end up not denying cert on most cases. We could arguably have a bigger court. They could adjudicate more disputes. There's no reason not to have a bigger court. It would, it would dilute the votes of each individual justice, though, and these justices are very protective of their power. So that's going to push Gorsuch, Kavanaugh, and Roberts to suddenly appear much more moderate to try and fend off uh, a democratic effort, but they've got to win the House and the Senate and the White House to do it to try and increase the number of judges on the court. So, Professor, let me fire this off at you. This is what I think. I think that there ought, ought to be what uh, I envision as a tribunal. Here's the tribunal. You have three people that are young, medium, and old in age. So you have the the vibrancy of youth. You have the middle age who are more calm and everything. And then you got the old folks who are wisdom. And so you have three of each, a nine-piece uh, operation, and that way you have more of a, an amalgamation of society at large instead of having, and I ain't saying this in the wrong way, but all these uh, old farts in there, man. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, what we have now is we're looking at a young, overwhelmingly conservative court that is also Catholic. Ah. And that's going to be very interesting to see whether it's going to, somehow influence the the decisions. We used yeah. to have bitter fights between Catholics and Protestants in That's this right. country. Right. Anti-Catholicism was a big part of American history until the Kennedy yes. administration. Now we've got an overwhelmingly Catholic, Catholic court. And so you're right, there's not a lot of diversity on the court. I mean, even Clarence Thomas is Catholic. Mm-hmm. And so how do we guarantee that the court is representative of the people? I don't know. We've got this process, and Frankly, it's served us pretty well so far. Most people respect the Supreme Court, and that's what I think Gorsuch, Roberts, and Kavanaugh are going to be very interested in trying to maintain. Well, and what's interesting is I think the Republicans, you know, with Bush's nominee, you know, W43's nominees, and even with Trump's nominees, 
he's definitely gone on the younger side to ensure that longer yeah. longer time frame. I mean, if you look at Ginsburg, she was in her 70s when she was um, appointed, by, or close to 70, I think, when, when Clinton appointed yeah, her. Like and that was one of the reservations was maybe he should have picked a younger yeah. justice while you have that opportunity to pick somebody. Because right. um, I think John Roberts, Gorsuch, I mean, they were all in their 50s. Uh, Kavanaugh, relatively young when you yeah. look at you know the, the spectrum. Let's talk about this because I, I think this is a good point to make because right now the Democrats are, are attacking McConnell for, you know, with Gorsuch's confirmation, he, he utilized the nuclear option, which basically took the filibuster away from the confirmation. It used to be you needed 60 votes mm-hmm. to confirm a uh, Supreme Court nominee, and he did away with that to get Gorsuch confirmed. Is that correct, Professor? Actually, I think the Democrats did away with that. See that's what I, was that at the end of see, that's what I'm I'm trying to get to, I'm trying to blame the Democrats for where we are that's that's where I'm getting yeah, at so they, if you can support that the thesis nuclear, they hit the nuclear button and then it became an up or down majority vote for and judicial coming, nominees right they did right, that now during it's coming back to Burnham right and there's been some talk about how they they probably shouldn't have done that but it goes to my point which is it's it's a political food fight always has been and let's not pretend like. Uh, it's not about power. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. If you could stick around, I, w- I want to take a quick break. And when we come back, I want to talk about the Breonna Taylor case and you know what, what happened with the uh, the lack of an indictment or the indictment that, that did come down against one of the officers. Uh, and get your thoughts on that, and, as well as the, uh, the Kenosha shooting, because there was a development with that uh, this week. So you're listening to the Mark Milton Show with the Smash, broadcasting from the Miller Furniture Studios. Miller Furniture, as you know, your number one spot to get any kind of furniture you need for your house. Beautiful. I've been going there, my family, for my entire life, basically, starting with my parents and now my own family. Mm-hmm. Uh, just am- amazing American-made furniture. They've got a tremendous showroom both in Belleville and in Lake St. Louis where you can customize furniture. Uh, they've got some tremendous brands that you know, Flex Steel, um, but yeah. they also have some Amish-made American furniture that you can have customized and really heirloom pieces, as we've talked about in yeah. the past. So check them out at Miller Furniture. Dot com. That's M-U-E-L-L-E-R furniture.com. We'll be right back.